Thank you for tuning in to the Maximum Advisor podcast. If you're a growth-minded financial advisor looking to grow and scale your practice, you're in the right place. Your host, Chip Munn, brings tips and best practices based on his experiences and has guests from financial advisors to industry experts sharing wisdom with one another because we're better together. And now, Chip Munn. Welcome back to Maximum Advisor. I'm your host, Chip Munn, and today we're doing a special conference episode with Sean Mullen, Executive Vice President of Growth Strategies, and Barry Dedge, Chief Operating Officer, both with Signature Wealth Group. Sean and Barry, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chip. Thank you, Chip. So, guys, I, one of the things that this time of year brings for a lot of advisors is kind of conference season. You know, there's that flurry of all of the different events that uh, various custodians and companies put on. It's a really busy time of year, and I know that you guys have had an opportunity here over the last couple of months to attend several different events. I'm curious, you know, when you look at all the different conferences that are available, how do you decide which ones you're going to attend, and really kind of at what point in the year do you start to uh, to make those decisions? So, you know, this is an important subject for anybody who's new to the industry, young advisors, or anybody that's coming out of the wirehouses because the, the, the fee-based part of financial management is, is huge and flush with these conferences. And you'll see at the, at the start of the year, which we are right now, that um, all conferences during the year are actually listed for the most part. And you can find resources online, which I'll discuss later, of where you can find out what conferences are going on during the year. But it's really nice to be able to, at this time of year where the holidays are going on and there's a little bit less that with, that you're working with clients, to really set your agenda. And so for myself and Ari and, uh, and the rest of the group, we're really looking at 2020, the calendar right now, see what, what conferences that, that we're going to be attending. And because it's so overwhelming, the things that we look at to, to make sure that it's the most important for us as, as a team is really three areas. And I, and I would suggest that people who are listening to this, who are new to the industry, and, and hopefully this will be helpful to them, is to look at these conferences in three ways, which is one, you know, there's going to be networking for, or there's conferences that are specifically, I think, geared for networking. There's conferences that are geared towards, I would say, content and learning. And then there are other conferences where I would talk about access. And when I speak about access, it's really access to vendors, to other partners, to custodians, to technology. You know, some of the conferences have a little bit of, of each, but more are geared to one of those three. And we'll speak about that during uh, today's call. Yeah, Sean, um, Chip, I'll also add to that and say that fortunately for 2019, we reaped the benefit of a new relationship with Schwab and therefore were able to attend their conference for no charge. So if we're looking at the overall how did we prioritize 2019 versus 2020? I would say it's probably just a little bit different because 2019, we had, like I said, opportunity to do some things without having to invest a lot of resource into that. Schwab, for example, was one of those where the networking and the ability to have access to resources as we were forming that new relationship was just paramount and top-notch. And they really rolled the red carpet out for us, got us the right resources to meet with, and really set the stage for us to have a fruitful relationship with Schwab going forward. 
for 2020, like Sean said, we are looking at all of the conferences that are available. And then based upon our budgets and what we want to invest and where we find the most benefit, we will plan to attend uh, attend those accordingly. So, Sean, did I understand you correctly that, that you're already now looking at kind of the full slate of 2020 conferences to plan your calendar? Yeah, that's right. It's something that uh, I've started years ago, right? So I've been, you know, I've been doing conferences for for nearly 15 years and the online resources that are available to find out what's going on are fantastic and it's the only way to organize yourself. So if if you're just if you're running through the year and and you find a conference that looks interesting and it's 2 weeks out, well it's probably going to be full. You might miss the early bird special. You may have already scheduled things with your clients at that point. So you really need to look at the start of the year and throw them, not only throw them on your calendar, but also register for them because the registration for these typically are open up to a year in advance. So yeah, I would I would suggest doing that. I wouldn't, you know, there, there are a hundred, a hundred actual conferences this year. And that's per uh, Michael Kitchis' nice handy online form that has uh, links to all these conferences. So I'd suggest taking a look at that. And, you know, it, it gives a nice little summary of what the conference is about, has a link to it, has the dates, has the location. And it's really helpful versus the spreadsheet that I used to have to use in, in years past to find out what I'd be doing this year. But, you know, it takes a good hour, two hours out of your day to look through, see which ones are interesting and, and make sure the ones to you are, are relevant. Now, I will say for people who are new to the industry, they'll, they'll look at an interesting conference and, and they may attend and after the fact realize that it, it really wasn't worth their time. And other ones that they didn't expect to be worth their time were fantastic. And so there are conferences that I will suggest and I would, I would recommend to anybody who's listening, they can feel free to reach out to me on, uh, on this website through Maximum Advisor to you know, ask me what I think are the most relevant conferences for fee-based financial advisors. I'll be helpful that way. But you know, a lot of it is just going to be trial and error of, uh, of what conferences are best for you and, and what you're looking to do. And I'll also add to that and say that most of these have early bird specials as well. So as you're looking to plan for 2020 and and beyond, I would advise that as soon as the registration opens up to have a plan in place and register for them as soon as possible, because you can uh, realize the number of benefits by doing so and registering early. Even one of the ones that we're going through, Sean, in February had a Black Friday sale. So there's always different types of ways that you can realize some savings on the registration fees. So if you didn't get everything that you wanted for Christmas, you can go out and do some, uh, you know, Cyber Monday shopping. I mean, everybody yes. can go out and get your deal on your conference season now, right? <laughs> you know, one right. of the things I, I think for advisors that can be tough is the notion of sitting down and planning out these things for an entire year. And, and I would encourage kind of our listeners to think about it this way because I've, I've had to do it. I, I don't really enjoy it. But having gone to a few conferences that ended up really not being the best investment of my time, what I have found over the years is spending and investing that couple hours at the end of the year going into the next year to to plan out these things helps me make better decisions about what conferences that I'm going to attend. And so I end up investing a couple of hours rather than wasting a couple of days by being a little more deliberate now, Sean, as we look at, you know, when, when we're starting to think about these things, one of the kind of areas that we're talking about right now is, is preparation. We're, we're talking about how, how do we get ready for kind of the, 
the year. But then also, as each of these conferences kind of come uh, a little closer on the calendar, how do you prepare for going to some of these different events? Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's sort of the premier question here. And uh, to the listeners, you know, what I would suggest there, there are about two or three big main conferences a year. And these are the ones you really have to prep for because they will chew you up and sort of spit you out. And, and that is specifically Schwab Impact, right? It is the biggest conference of the year. It can be overwhelming. It continues to get bigger. But for the listeners, I would say, try to go to your custodial conference and go to your platform conference. So if you're using InvestNet or, or Black Diamond or Orion, make sure to hit those as well, because that's where you're going to see the people that you work with day in and day out and are going to be useful of your time. But for Schwab specifically, when you walk into that room, it is a just a sea of conference goers, attendees, Schwab personnel, sponsors, exhibitors. It is overwhelming. So if you walk into Schwab, like we do every year, and are unprepared, it is not going to be fulfilling. And you're going to leave that conference without getting anything out of it. So what I would suggest is use their phone app, right? So they have a a phone application downloaded a a few weeks in advance. And what the app does, and this is what we use very successfully this year, is it has attendees and it has the exhibitors. And because it's such a good event for all these vendors, so this is one of those access conferences, I always look to see if my if my vendor partners are there and who who's going to be there in, in attendance on their behalf. I reach out to them either through the app or through my contact information already well in advance to make sure that I can meet up with them and we, we actually put time on the calendar to meet up. Because if you don't put it on the calendar, those days go by very quickly. You get caught up in networking, you get caught up in content, and you miss each other. So, and this is something, honestly, I did not start really doing until about five years ago. I used to go to these conferences and sort of get spit out. Now I go there, I, I have, you know, it's, it's all about moderation. And I go in and I know I'm going to do a certain amount of networking. I'm going to do a certain amount of after hours and I'm going to do a certain amount of, of content. And that's really the way to go to, to get a mix of all of it. Because if you do all of one or all of the other, you're going to miss out on really what Schwab Impact was made for, which was a nice blend of, of content and uh, networking. So, you know, make sure you, you get in contact with the people you want to prior get on the calendar, make sure you know where you're going to meet them because it is a huge center and they're usually in big cities and you'll get a lot out of it that way. Well, and for me, I remember when, you know, so we changed broker dealers going on four years ago and coming from a firm with 400 advisors and and just going to my broker dealer conference, which had something like three or 4,000, it can be really overwhelming. And, And I think that one of the things that I'd encourage our listeners to do is if you're going to a conference this coming year, it's nice to know some people. So like Sean is saying about reaching out to vendors and key contacts and that kind of thing. But also I'd encourage you, whether it's in the Facebook group or just shooting one of us an email or hitting us up on social media, see if we're going to be there. Because it's nice to have somebody, when when I got to my new broker dealers conference, the only person I knew there was the person who recruited me. And I often find that the some of the best meetings I have aren't the content meetings. They're kind of the, the meeting before the meeting or the meeting after the meeting where we've really reached out. It, it's a good time to be able to make those 
connections. And I'd encourage you, if you're going to any of the conferences this year, just reach out to us to see if we're going to be there. We'd love a chance to just to hook up and, and get to know one another. I think it's a good time for that. Now, guys, when you're going to these meetings, do you involve any of the other people kind of in your organization? Is this a solo task or is it something that you work with the team on? Usually at these conferences, and, th- and this is drawing off of my experience of, of going to Impact for about 15 years, it's usually junior members, right? The, the junior member of, of the firm or the salespeople or, or the research personnel are the ones that are attending for the full time. And the executives of the firms are usually offered a day pass by Schwab. And they, they come in for the day because they're, they're really busy and they're doing other things. They come in and, uh, and they take off. So what do, you, what do you do for that executive for that day, right? This is very valuable of time of theirs. What do you do? So again, going back to that preparation, that person, meaning the junior member, should set up meetings with counterparts, meaning executives of other firms that you're going to be there. So Barry, you know, was in was in town at Impact uh, this last year. I happen to know a lot more people in the fee based side of this industry than he does because he's been on the more or less the broker dealer and and regional bank side. And so I wanted to make the most of it and introduce him to our Schwab representatives, our CRM representatives, our investment representatives. And sure, it's a lot of meet and greet for Barry and uh, a lot of talking and a little bit potentially could be overwhelming, but it is really good for our partners to meet in person. So in case there are challenges, which inevitably there will be in the future with these relationships, we've already established a personal relationship. And this is really the only chance, these big events, the only chance you could do that. And you really should make the most of it. And I feel like a lot of times when people go to these these conferences, they don't take advantage of making that connection between executive and other executive, which are really the way to be successful in this industry. So I would, I would highly recommend that to those listeners to make sure that if there is a day where an executive is on site, to make sure that that person meets as many people as possible. Yeah, that was nice, Sean. Whenever I was out at Impact was just to have those meetings scheduled and set up. And like like you said, it was a little bit overwhelming and it was a long, probably two days as far as those meetings were concerned, but it was back to back and it was really great to be able to put face with name and have that personal relationship going forward. And, you know, I thought that you, as well as the relationship managers at Schwab, did a great job of getting both of us in front of uh, very key people and executive level people in the Schwab network as well. One of the things I've noticed, Sean, that you do a good job of is social media. So I'm assuming that, you know, you work with somebody in the marketing team. Uh, I don't know if that's an advance kind of strategy if you do do a lot of that in advance or if it's on the fly but you I've noticed that you do a good job when you're at these conferences kind of keeping people aware of where it is that you're going to be kind of some of the things that, that you've been doing is that something that over the years you've developed intentionally or is that just something that you do kind of as you go along yeah I think that I, I've enjoyed doing that and 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 thanks for the compliment on that that has become more successful as the firms that I've joined are more willing to do things like that. So, and typically, you know, when you're with larger organizations, that that's going to be harder, but you know, the, the smaller, more boutique organizations, you know, you have, you have the ability to do that. And it has been a lot of planning. So kudos to our marketing department. I give them in advance. I put on their calendar what our uh, events are going to be and who's going to be attending. We also say if there's going to be a speaking engagement or if it's just attending and if we have some dinners already scheduled, we'll, we'll put, put those on there as well. 
And they will do a drip campaign onto social media just saying, hey, we're, we're going to be in town. We're going to be at this event. If you want to meet up, we're happy to and we can, we can schedule stuff and you can reach out to us at the event you know, on the fly if they need to because we're happy to meet up with people. So we definitely do that. We also do it during the conference itself. And a lot of that is dependent upon the attendee. I have definitely at, at this organization, at Signature Wealth Group, done that more than in the past. So I take photos. I make sure to get other industry luminaries with me. I try to make sure I get some, some shots to, to really create some interest in the industry for these events and how helpful they are for us as a team. And really, it, it's helpful for, for individuals as well to you know, make sure that, that their names are also out there and that they are people who like to create discussions, be thought leaders, and, and other things like that within social media. And that was, I thought, really helpful during Impact, but even more so, we haven't, we haven't touched on Market Council yet, but Market Council, I thought that was really helpful, and, and Market Council does a lot on the social media. And then even after, so say we did the planning before, we're doing it during, and then after, I've done a blog, just a really quick wrap-up for anybody who may not have been there um, to see what, what I thought were the most helpful parts of the, of the conference, and those are on our, our website as well. And now we're doing even a, a podcast of, uh, of what we think were the highlights and how to plan for 2020. So I think that one of the things that I find difficult is, you know, again, as an advisor going to some of the conferences is all of the different vendors, partners, folks who are there. And, and, and we're talking about really strategic intent on our part of doing the same thing that these folks are doing, which is identify people you want to spend time with really being intentional about reaching out. But you guys, I'm sure on the conference circuit are, you know, you're fun people. So you're popular guys. How, how, when folks are reaching out, whether it's dinners or meetups, when you get all these requests from different partners and vendors, how do you manage the expectations of the different people? I think that could be helpful for us to understand not only from a planning our time, but also for those of us who are coming as advisors when we're making our requests of people. I think getting an understanding of of how you make decisions and manage expectations of people who are asking for your time would be really helpful for our group. Yeah. I, I appreciate that you said that that we're fun guys. I will I will admit that I'm probably a little bit more fun than Barry, but he can he can counteract that a little bit later. So here here's what I would say about that. When you join a conference, you are going to go on a list for all of their exhibitors and vendors to invite to a dine around, and they will screen you and they will look at your website and they're going to you know look at filling in seats for that dinner, and you're going to get flooded with invitations to happy hours to dinners and then after hours. And I would say it really, it behooves you to, to not take the first invite that comes in or even the, the dinner location that looks the best, but find out which of these is going to benefit you, your firm, and then also be fun, right? Because you know, you're, you're spending all day in these content and, and all these meetings. You want to have, have some fun too. And you know, make sure one, 
try to find someone that you're doing business with, right? From from either the technology vendors or, or any of the managers or, or strategists that are inviting you. So if you're doing business with them, I just feel like, you know, I used to work at InvestNet. I appreciated when people joined my events that were either InvestNet clients or invest or real InvestNet prospects. So, you know, I would just say, you know, be be an honorable person and go go and spend time with somebody because they're spending money on you. That is going to be mutually beneficial to both firms. For the after hours, probably uh, show up, say hello, and 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 maybe get out of there because by that time, many people have had a lot to drink and they can they can get a boisterous. I'll say, and a lot of things have been interesting. But you know, go in, say hi, get out, and uh, and and be ready for your your next morning. You know, just be cognizant of all the invites that are going to come in, sift through them, see which ones are going to be the best for both of you and uh, and confirm, lastly, confirm those to make sure that you have a seat at the table. Sean, don't you typically look for uh, some sort of video or photo op for yourself as well at these events that you attend? <laughs> if, yes. Yeah, I mean, listen, hey, if my if my contacts are there and we're going to have fun, we're, we're going to throw that on video or social media, if at all possible, you know, to, to make sure that everybody knows we're there and can reach out to us. So it's all about business, Barry. Yeah, Chip, I've never seen someone smile as much as when Sean gets asked to be on a video at a conference, knowing that he can then tweet it and retweet it and LinkedIn it and everything else to be able to get his face out there. I had a guest on one of the podcasts not long ago say, you know, oh, this will be easy because I love talking about me. I'm my favorite subject. And so it's good to know when it comes time for uh, those networking opportunities that, that Sean likes him some Sean and is willing to... <laughs> Hey, listen, man, we're in sales and marketing. I mean, he's putting himself out there, and I like it. I, I think it was interesting, though, Sean, that you mentioned when it comes time for these folks to decide how they're going to invest their time and their money, that they screen the advisors. They go out and check out websites and those kinds of things. I think it's important for our listeners to remember, maybe that's a good idea for us to do, too. Go out and check out people. Spend some time, kind of like we're talking about. Now, Sean, you mentioned the after hours. And how it can get boisterous. And I admit to the fact that over 20 years, I've been to a couple of those kinds of things. But in my experience, it can, if you're not careful, it can wreck the rest of your conference. What, what are some of the other kind of pitfalls, sticky situations that you found that can lead to really not getting the most out of your investment of your time and money to go to these kinds of events? Yeah, I... I would admit, right? When I was when I was younger, certainly the after hours I would partake in, right? Because I was younger, I could stay up late, I could wake up early, and all that. And truly, it is where I have made some of my longest term friends and partners and and people that I've really sort of grown up in the industry with and have been helpful throughout my career. So I don't want to discount them; uh, they can be great. But if you don't manage it, and um, I'm, I'm happy to say I have managed it even while I was younger, if you don't manage it well, you're going to find yourself out of the industry pretty quickly. Unfortunately, that's, that's just the reality. So that, that's the, the major pitfall. The other pitfall is, sure, the, the, the after hours is one thing, but even the content at, at the conference is another thing. If you schedule a content-filled class or session for every hour of that conference, you're going to miss out. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to miss out. You're going to go to session after session after session. You might keep retain, you know, some of that content that you received in that, but you're missing out on the networking. You're missing out on on the potential meetings you could have scheduled during that time. 
and you'll leave the conference with potentially a little bit more knowledge and a little bit take home, but without any of the networking. And, and in my opinion, all of the deals happen during the networking. The deals don't happen during the sessions. They don't. So select sessions that are relevant to you. Don't just go to sessions because you have nothing else better to do. Figure out which sessions are relevant to you. And then those extra hours that the sessions aren't relevant, find a meeting or go to the gym or take a walk, get out of there for a second. That will make your conference much, much better. And I would encourage all of us to remember to leave some margin yeah, it's kind of like the rest of your day. If you don't leave any room, it's hard for there to be that chance encounter or, or meeting somebody. You know, let serendipity have a chance. I mean, get, give it yourself some margin and some room to allow for things that you couldn't expect. I mean, if I were to go back and to plan out every minute of every conference and really stick to that in too firm a way without any margin... I wouldn't have met a lot of the contacts that I have in the industry. And I think that we have to allow some extra time for those kind of loose connections to form. And they're they're not going to form while you're listening to somebody talk about practice management. Those are great things to participate in, but you also have to leave yourself kind of time and and mental shelf space just to be able to have conversations because you never know in these kinds of events who you might run into and, and have an opportunity to spend time with. I completely agree. I, I, you know, and I'm thinking about impact, Barry, when we were walking around, right? We had, we had a number of scheduled meetings and those were great. And we did our, our, our networking that we went to, but how many times just walking even to and from the hotel or sessions that we didn't attend, did we run into people that you just didn't expect to, right? And then it was nice to, to catch up and it, it created some other opportunities for, for meetings that, that will be scheduled in early next year. That wouldn't have happened, right? If, if you were in a session. So at the end of the day, if you you're in every single session, you miss those those moments that can create uh, opportunities down the road. Yeah, absolutely, Sean. And I would agree with that 100%. I think that you have to really look at the agenda and pick your sessions and the content that you want to attend well. Because like you said, and I reiterate that some of the best networking opportunities and some of the best use of my time and, uh, you know, as I look over my career, 20 years in the industry has just been spent with meeting people and talking to people. And that's really opened up opportunities for the future for me personally, as well as would for anyone else who who's in that position. I think the final thing kind of on that that I would suggest is that folks manage their energy. Most of these conferences are multi day. You know, so they're three or four day events. You're going to be there for a while. Don't overdo it on the first day or two, because the fact is, uh, again, I'm just speaking for me. I'm not uh, putting this on anybody else. You can spend the last two days by the pool from sheer exhaustion, from really trying to go too hard early on. And so I'd encourage you to pace yourself, you know, whether you're at the after hours or whether we're talking about during your working day. Don't overdo it. Spend the time focusing on getting the most out of all of your time that you're invested in there. Don't overdo it on the first day or two and be in a place where just mentally and physically you're exhausted for the last couple of days. So we've talked a a good bit about Schwab Impact. I know it's one of the more recent ones that you guys have been to. Kind of how does that compare? Take us through a day at Schwab Impact. I've never uh, had the opportunity to go. Maybe 2020 will be my year for that. How does that compare, though, to some of the other events that you've been to over the last couple of months? For example, 
the Beacon Roundtable or Market Council. What's the difference between these events? Sean, I think, well, I just quickly, I was just going to say, I think taking your opinion and comparing market council, which is to, to me, I've, I've not been, and I wasn't at the one this year, but I, I feel as if it's a much more intimate type of a conference setting versus market council. I'm sorry, versus impact. So maybe comparing those two and getting your opinion and feedback on those would be beneficial to our listeners. Yeah, I agree. So those, those three that you mentioned, Chip, are, they're sort of like one of each of those three that I was talking about. So market council is, is a great networking event. And Beacon Roundtable is is a very boutique sort of a, a Q and A and and of of industry leaders and and it's an invite only, but it's a nice contrast to to Schwab Impact. So I'll I'll go over the the, the last two uh, really quickly. So Beacon Roundtable, the, there's about I believe there's six events through the year. It's it's organized by a man named Chip Kispert and a, a lady named Megan McCartan, and they do a wonderful job. And each of these each of these roundtables are 35 to 40 people, and again, it's it's C-suite executives that go for a full day of interaction with each other. So so Chip does a nice job of making sure everybody's involved, everybody has a seat at the table, everybody can speak, and, and it's really sharing ideas of, of how to better serve our clients. And it's great networking with, with other people in our industry. And um, this last one was in Napa. It was great. I did some social media on that as well. Really great networking and, and, and planning for 2012 of, of, of ideas that other firms are doing that, that could impact our own firm and, and ideas for us to utilize as well. So on Market Council, which I, I did a, a recap blog on, and it is one of my favorite conferences during the year. It is much smaller than ACT, but also large enough you know, for those people who need, make sure that it's well spent for their firm. So it's, I would say the right people, right industry people in one location. It's end of the year. It's typically in December, late to late November. And it's really set forward for the following year, ideas for the following year. It was uh, legal speak from, from market council of things like rugby that are coming down the path that we need to be concerned about. It was growth. So Dran was there speaking about growth, and you know one of one of my favorites, obviously, invest. There was a, a nice, really heartfelt Q and A. How succession plan for investment as a firm really played a pivotal role after the unfortunate passing of of Bergman. and like it just that conversation itself just really captured the room. But it is such a an important event every year that I really would highly suggest any decision makers, any uh, senior level of, you know executives at a firm to make sure that they look at market council, put it on their list because it is really, in my opinion, the, where the movers and, and shakers are, the people who have been very successful listening to what they have to say and they've done and how they've created their own success. It's, it's humbling to listen to and it's really, really well the, uh, the three days that the event takes. Yeah, Sean, I uh, I lured to attending it this year. The only reason I didn't go in 2019 was because of some personal that I had. But that, from my perspective, is definitely one of the, if I chose to only attend one conference in 20, for me personally, it would market council. So that's definitely one that I have on my radar for this coming up here. So when you look at these, and Sean, I'm going to lead with you in particular because you've been all three, maybe one take on each of the three, you know, impact, Roundtable and Market Council. Well, you know my my position, which is relatively unique, to make sure that that the industry knows who Signature Wealth Group is. 
The takeaway for Schwab Impact is getting in front of all the Schwab relationship managers and business development officers that uh, I've met and and um, known throughout the year. Remind them what I've been up to lately. Speak a little bit about signature wealth and and make sure I can get on their calendar if I if I make it to you know one of their fair cities in 2020. And they're they're always phenomenally receptive uh, meetings. So the the takeaway from Impact is the working and and I also I want to talk about. Our partners there, which were um, Investnet, WealthBot, and MoneyGuide Pro, met them, really phenomenal people, got really good time with them, learned a little more. And you know, instead of flying everybody's city and seeing them in person, it was great that at Schwab Impact, you got to see really every single one of our partners in one place. And then on Beacon Roundable, we were the only RIA that were invited at, the, at this one to and, and speak about what we were doing. It's kind of nice to uh, to be sort of a aggressive technology in the room, you know, a, a, a very flexible RIA versus versus uh, you know independent broker dealers which have a legacy technology there that they're trying to tackle. And it was interesting to hear what they're what they're doing. And I shared with them what what we're doing and how we're approaching it. And you know, it's maybe it's a little bit apples and oranges, but it was just great to hear what the industry is doing there. Lastly, on Market Council, uh, the, the takeaway there, and, and it, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but there was a session, which I thought from a personal level and, and just, you know, perhaps it's, it's, the, uh, it's, it's the age of, of sort of where I am. There was a nice conversation on aging and how an advisor to work with aging clients, how to work with aid parents and, and as, as unfortunately they decline. And it was, it was through a firm called WealthCare, and it's WH, like health, WealthCare.com. And I had heard that before. I thought it was interesting. I really appreciate how Brian Hamburger from Market Council put content in there. I hadn't seen it before. And this firm really helps advisors deal with those that touchy personal subject. And I just enjoyed that one. You know, again, that's one of those nuggets I didn't expect. I got a lot out of it. So you know, the investment speech and that one, I thought really, really hit home. But you know, finally, the networking and seeing all the industry players to, to meet up next year, you know, those, those would be my three toys. Barry, you spent time at Impact. What, what would be one takeaway that you had that might benefit our listeners? Chip, I'll just say that I've been to Impact before. And when I was at Impact before, it was a little bit of a diff type of relationship for me. So we were being courted at the time with a pre-firm that I've worked for. But there, I'll just say that any firm out there that started a relationship with Schwab, I would highly advise that quickly as you can go to the first impact that, that's available because just the sheer relationships that I was able to form with the key folks inside of Schwab Network was invaluable. This was just really re-solidifying relationship and uh, reacquaint ourselves with each other and kind of doing it from different side of the table this time because we are a partner of Schwab, we are launching the registered investor arm of our business. So I would just highly advise anyone in that boat to definitely take advantage of the opportunity to attend that that meeting. Well, guys, as we begin to to wrap up, how do you do follow up after these kinds of events, prospects or vendors or partners? It's similar to the pre-event planning. Um, the the people that you meet up with at a conference, if they potentially could be a technology partner, a custodial partner, or or even a research partner, make sure to immediately put them in your link. Make sure that that you're they're on your schedule. Put something on the calendar for the future. So you know, like ask the representatives that you want to meet with, or or these people. Hey, let's meet up in January. I'm be there in March or or June, etc. And, and let me stop by. So when you do it out to them after the conference, uh, they're expecting it, and it's. it's it's not something that is that surprise. 
I will say from experience that there will be a lot of people who will show interest in you, your firm, and they will promise to follow up you. Just plan that is potentially you will never hear from them again. So, and all, I'm sure all my vendor friends out there will be like, well, that isn't that the truth. So <laughs> I would say maybe as a request, if you're not interested in, in somebody's uh, technology or firm, not to say that when you expect someone to respond to you after showing interest and you don't hear from them, it's, uh, it's unfortunately disappointing. Say, hey, I'd, I'd, I'm interested in your product solution or meeting with you or, or partnering with you on my side. I follow and uh, and I do it within a month. Right? So you know, I try to make next point of contact within the month after the card. So they so you you are still fresh and and then lastly, I would I would ask for other firms to do do a recap blog, do do something on LinkedIn, do something on on Twitter or Facebook, and do a, a a blog that fresh in your mind right afterwards of people that were you know, then pray that you you felt that it was important other people to hear about if they didn't attend. Uh, a lot of it is forgotten after the conference. But Go to Michael Kitchis's webpage. Make sure you have a conference to attend at least once a quarter to stay in front of people to make sure that you're getting some new ideas out and a fresh perspective from from others that you just typically don't see all the time. So that's the way I would wrap it up. Yes, Sean, I went to conference this past year and met advisor who that night was ready to sign on the dot and to move to our firm and then never wanted any message or LinkedIn request from that point forward. So I think we've all been down that road before. In addition to some of those, the, on the on the other end of that, there's been some very, very beneficial relationships and prospects and opportunities that have presented themselves from attending these type of events. One of which I'm not going to detail on because obviously it's, it's going to be some sort of a press release type of relationship with one of our partners did get asked at Schwab Impact to be a part of a press release in conjunction with one of our, one of our technology partners. So that'll be coming out, I would say, probably in the first quarter of 2020. So while they're ghosting, there's also some very beneficial relationships, partnerships, and uh, I would also say just friendship that come out of attending these type events. Yeah, I think a big point is just being genuine. Don't promise a bunch of people you're going to follow up. I, at a minimum, pick two or three folks that you can't you know, have genuinely developed some form of personal or professional connection with and make a plan for keeping those up. It, it's not the, the idea of going around and telling everybody that you're interested and that you're going to follow with them, it's just unrealistic. So kind of five takeaways that I've I've kind of picked up as we're talking as far as when we're looking at the conference schedule 2020, th- these are kind of the things that I've heard. First, plan ahead. Be thinking about this coming year and, and getting important events on your calendar. I'd encourage all the listeners, yeah, I make this on that most, if not all of us, will do our custodian event uh, and and all these things I to those events as well but also one other and again kitsis.com has a great you know does a great job with a list of all the different kinds of conference pick one other one that is outside of kind of your company your broker dealer pick one Second is be intentional. Figure out the key content that you learn while you're there and some key folks it would be good for you to, we'll say, bump into if you can't get on their account ahead of time. Leave margin to be able to make loose connections. And the fourth is make those connections be genuine. Give an opportunity to learn who you are and how you are and uh, be a representative of not only yourself, your firm. And then finally, build and maintain on those relationships. Find partnership opportunities and kind of stay after those things. 
But the key is, in my opinion, not to treat a vacation, but an opportunity. It's a business trip to go out and you can have fun and have a good time. If you'll be intentional, you can gain a lot out of these, uh, you know, three, four day conferences. Anything else before we wrap up, key takeaways that you'd share? No, I think I think covered it nicely there, Chip. You know, there we could talk about conferences all day long. You know, if there's any follow-up at this, please feel free to reach out to me. It's Sean at SigWealthPartners.com, or you can feel free to go through the Investment Advisor website to reach out to me and, and to Chip. Happy to discuss my thoughts on the conferences that I mentioned today and any other that are on Michael's list. I've I've been to a, a fair number of conferences out there and I give you my two cents on them. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on Chip. I think you did a great job of recapping the call and thanks for having us on today. Absolutely. So if you're listening and have any of these conferences, whether it's there or any of the other ones on the list, we've been to most, if not all of them. So I'd encourage you to consider trying to figure out where to invest your time and money. Reach out to us. Uh, it's either Chip or Sean or Barry at SigWealthPartners.com. You could just email or find us on LinkedIn or in the Face Maximum Adver Facebook group. Sean's blog that he talked about, the recap, you can find that at SigWealthPartners.com. And uh, again, the purpose of these podcasts for us is for all of us to benefit from the collective wisdom. We encourage you to read out and to share with us. Barry, Sean, uh, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Chip. Absolutely. Thank you. And folks, we'll be back at you in real soon. Uh, we hope that you'll have a productive week and a great off to the new year. And we appreciate your taking the time to insert us into your earbuds and to spend some time with us. To download what we believe is the single most important marketing, selling, and positioning tool for your practice, go to MaximumAdvisor.com slash scorecard now. Subscribe to this show anywhere you listen to podcasts or at MaximumAdvisor.com.